D-A-K-I-C-K-B-A-C-K. Another episode of The Kickback with Sabrina, Sharika, and E.B. Sit back, relax, and vibe. <sighs> That's all you can do. Just do a deep sigh in the world that we're living in. Um, I usually pass it to the ladies because ladies usually go first. And some days I'd be wanting to listen or hear what songs Sharika and Sabrina are thinking about or what their tip is. But I'm going to start off and be selfish and I'm going to give y'all minds. Whatever the worst temperature you can have, that's where I'm at. Because of what's going on in this country, from the trial to the shootings, to people still trying to tell people they can't be in neighborhoods, even though they live in the same neighborhood, just the way that things continue to shake up. So whatever that temperature is, that's where I'm at. And if there's a song, I have not figured it out yet because it's just a whole bunch of clashing symbols going on in my head right now of all the chaos and all the craziness and all the madness that's going on in, um, I don't know how to say in the world that we're living in, but I'm pretty sure we'll get into some of that um, throughout this episode. But Sharika, Sabrina, how y'all feeling? How y'all I got doing? a song for you, EB. I got a song for you, EB. It was going to be my song, but I'll give it to you. Marvin Gaye, what's going on? That's a good one. What is that? going on? Y'all can share the song, Sharika. How you feeling? I'm wondering, I'm with EB. What is going on? I mean, I don't know how many times things have to happen for people to actually realize Let's do something different. Let's stop the madness. But it just, I don't know what is going on. It just continues to seem to either get worse or no improvement in the world. But um, for me, my temp check, I'm, I'm, I'm almost with EB down in the dumps with this, this, how, all the things are going on. Um, but, you know, I always be trying to be positive. So I will find some some reason to uh, be excited. And that's to gather with you guys on the podcast. But really, in this world, what is going on? My temp is a, a negative 25, very cold. And my song is what's going on. All right, Sabrina, what's going on with you? What's your tip like? You know, the Bible says there's a time for everything, right? A time to laugh, a time to cry. There's a time for the Hill song, and then there's a time for the Drakes and the Cardi Beats. <laughs> and that's where I am. Listen, I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me on my energy, trying mm. to take away from a effing with the kid. Pray for your kid, okay? I'm not gonna drop the N word after what happened between the two uh, basketball players, and we ain't editing this, and I ain't got time to be putting all those beeps in. But listen, I got people in real life trying to F up my day. F going online, they ain't part of my day. I'm not arguing with you guys. I got stuff popping with my family too, okay? I got people that I gotta act like I like, but my acting days are over. Guess what? I might be a theater major, but F you guys for life. That's my energy. Thank you, Drake. When I tell you, like, I hate that these tiny moments that happen throughout our life, really the bad ones can sometimes take over our mm. whole energy, our whole feeling. But just yesterday I had a situation and I'm like, really? I was so annoyed. It caused trouble in my home with my husband. Cause then I was giving that energy to him. He didn't deserve it. Poor Doug. Shout out to my husband. Cause he just, he'd be going through it. I'm just like, a 
I'm so sorry. In my head, I know the rational reasons of what's going on, of why I feel some type of way, and it has nothing to do with him, that I'm still learning how to separate what happens in my work or life outside of the home from the home. Had me staying up late in my bed plotting my revenge on <laughs> my revenge on people. So that's my energy. It's honestly not a down energy. I get more like hype and upset. Um you ready I to get, go. You go to you go to battle. Yeah, more <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. Like I get more like that before I get like down. And then you add everything that's going on in the world. And I told Sharika yesterday, I just feel like emotionally, I have nothing left. And I just can't. In my personal life, I am dealing with enough. And then I add the most recent things that are happening once again to the black and brown community. <sighs> I can't even start to talk about what Trump was talking about at their little convention at Margo, whatever it is. Honestly, okay, that is a praise report. The amount of times I haven't had to think about Trump in the past mm -hmm. couple of months. Woo, I have been blessed. Honestly, not gonna lie, I haven't really thought about Biden either. But isn't that the way we're supposed to be able to? <laughs> I agree, I agree. I don't wanna think about neither near one of them. So definitely my tip is Energy by Drake. And my prayer request for the listeners, help me out guys, help me to see the bigger picture, help me to rise above and not get stuck in these little moments that are really set and even some of these bigger moments you know these big picture things that we're seeing that are happening especially to people who look like myself and evie and sharika help me to still enjoy life because i have good things going on too i really do but whew, whew, mm -hmm. whew, when i tell you <laughs> <laughs> all right enough of that sharika who's invited to the kickback today so today i'm gonna invite an actress to the kickback I met, not in real life. Y'all just got to understand. I got a fantasy life and a real life. People that I meet in my head, you guys should already know. But anyway, I met this woman on the TV watching The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants in 2005. I've loved her since. America Ferreira. She is a Latin young woman who's, like I said, starting uh, The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. And she was an award-winning actress for her role in Ugly Betty. She won several awards, such as the Golden Globe, uh, Screen Actors Guild Award. She was the first Latin woman to win Best Actress at the Primetime Emmys. Besides all of her wonderful movie roles and TV roles, the reason why I wanted to uh, highlight America Ferreira this morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening, is for all of her work that she has done on the political campaigns and all the things that she has done to elevate her community. She's been an activist involved in with the organization Vote Latino. Um, uh, she was the speaker at the Mar uh, Women's March. She was one of the people educating her community in the voter suppression in Georgia and the strict voter ID laws. She has been an advocate and she is a mother and a wife. And I've always admired her work, like I said, all the way back to 2005 when I watched The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. But just to see her uh, star rise and she's been uh, recently, her show Superstore has also been a huge comedy in our a huge comedy in the tv like spirit recently which i feel like tv's going out but there's been so many shows like this one that have still uh garnered a lot of attention 
and uh, awards. So I wanted to just highlight America Ferreira this morning on the kickback. Yay! Shout out to her and shout out to the ladies who continue to make a positive impact in this world full of foolishness. Well, yes, please. Somebody got to. Somebody got to make a positive impact because it's looking dismal out here. So, Sharika, what are we talking about today? What's the meat of our conversation? We're talking about all the things. 420. We were talking the other day and Sabrina was like, is this a thing? This is a thing. 420. For those who may not know about it, we'll talk about that later. If you don't know, get your Google Doodles out as the podcast is going on. I got that from Sabrina. She said that all the time. She says that all the time. So start working on that. But before we get there, let's talk about the cops that got it right, the cops that got it wrong. Let's start with who got it wrong because it's just a lot of them out here that got it wrong. First, we're going to start with a situation that happened to a young man walking, minding his own business in the suburbs of his neighborhood. EB, you want to fill the people in. So my friend EB, you're going to have to turn your mute off so we can hear what you're saying. Got me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So a young man by the name of D, well, he has a full name, but I'm just going to say D because that's what was posted online. Mm -hmm. Um, 20 years old, walking through his neighborhood. I don't know about you and I don't know about your doctors, but I know my doctor recommends that every person in this lovely world of ours should find a way to get vitamin D, that you and the sun should be connected, that you should make sure that you are outside and get in that natural breeze that should spend all your time inside. Now, I know me, I don't spend a lot of time outside. Um, When I'm outside, it's me walking from my office into my vehicle or me walking from my vehicle into the office or into my house. But as he's walking around, I don't know what preceded the conversation, but I do know a man assuming his daughter, and I know definitely his wife in the background, mm-hmm. decided to stop him and ask him what was he doing in their neighborhood. Now, I know some people, you're probably thinking like, well, they're curious. Maybe he's a neighborhood watch person. You go back a couple of years, almost pushing up on a decade about this mm-hmm. time, where a 17-year-old kid was doing the same thing, and he had icy and a Skittles in his in his hand, and he ended up dying from one of these neighborhood vigilantes, a.k.a. terrorists. Mm. So I don't know about y'all. Listeners, those of you who do not, or I would say those of you who lack melanin, um, like some of the others of us, have you ever took a neighborhood stroll and somebody asked you, what are you doing in their neighborhood? Or what are you doing in their subdivision? Or they're looking at you crazy, or they're telling you they're going to call the police because they've never seen you around here? That's Probably not. Now, if it has happened to you, that sucks. And I apologize for that other individual. But as he's walking, minding his business, this guy forcefully gets into his face, tries to direct him on which way to go, using explicit explicitives to him. And this is a real deal grown man. Come to find out this person is a sergeant, Sergeant Jonathan Preetland, if I'm not mistaken. Find out that he's at Fort Jackson military base finds out that he's been arrested for his actions for a simple assault. He decided mm. to slap the phone out of this young man's hand, break the man's phone or out of the per- yeah, Like it was just so much going on in the clip. If I'm not mistaken, it was only like a minute and a half. So it was more so of reading um, a post that was submitted of what happened. <clears throat> it's just like, why is this still happening in 2021? Why is this still happening in America? Why is this still happening in our world? 
Why is this happening with people who say they are here to serve and protect, even though he's in the military and he's not a law enforcement officer? But he still has that same call on the duty to make sure that the citizens of this country are safe and sound and they'll mm-hmm. live up to the standards of our Constitution. I've had that happen to me a few times. My sister, I'm not going to put her name out here. She probably don't want me to say it, but she stays in a nice little wealthy neighborhood, stay around some folks that don't really look like her or don't look like me. That's a few times I've been out there with my nephews. And my nephew, if you see him, you'll be like, that, why is that your nephew? That's like a grown man. My nephew is about 6'6", 340 pounds, football player for the University of Maine. And when I mean this is a big boy, look like a grown man. Walking around with him, and they question us, what are we doing here? My nephew never had one of these encounters because he grew up what we would consider the suburbs, what we consider the people who moved on up. So he was just curious of what was going on. And he was ready to tell all the beads. Well, I stay on this street. I stay on this house. <laughs> like, hey, bro, <laughs> nephew, what you doing? And so it was just one of those moments where I kind of had to coach him and just like, no, you don't know that man from nowhere. We don't talk to strangers. You tell him to buy his business. You don't ask him where he stay at. You don't ask him what's his name, his date of birth, his last four, his social. So there's no reason for him to be asking you that. He's asking you that because you're black. That's the only reason. And he feels like he has all the privilege in the world to do that to such young men. And then he just looking baffled. I was like, you can go ahead and call the police. That, that'll be the best name for both of us. And that's mm-hmm. not, I'm probably only 21, 20. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but those things happen more often than people think. It's just some days people like us, we don't feel the need to record these every day because this is our everyday life. Um, but I'm happy in this mm-hmm. situation, this person was recorded and they were arrested. And guess what happened after that, though? What? I'm afraid to even ask. Oh, Lord. One thing about a lot of Black people, I ain't going to say all Black people, but they find a way to stand together. It was a multitude of people Mm -hmm. who went down to, I believe it was 119 (laughs) Barnum Lane or Barnum Street. Not the address. They they were saying it on the live all day. And if I'm not mistaken, in Columbia, South Carolina. (laughs) And they (laughs) found a way to be outside of his house. And they saw him peeking through the window and they just Amen. said, come outside. We just mm-hmm. want to talk. We don't want to do anything. We mm-hmm. just want to have the conversation. The same just way like you was met that boy on the sidewalk. Sidewalk. They wanted to meet you on your sidewalk. Okay, That's you're going to come for a young man. We're a bunch of men coming for you. Come out, bruh. Knock, knock. Who's there? It ain't a joke. Come outside. <laughs> okay. So I know. I saw. Happen. I read that they had to. They had to pick the family up and take them to another location because because no, they didn't have to do that. Well, That's I'm just not. saying they did. I'll just say yeah. the police came and picked the family up and took them to another location. <laughs> they had to close the neighborhood down to non-residents because of the commotion that was brought to the neighborhood to the family's house. See, this is the kind of thing, like, I'm trying to remain calm because I want to keep it classy on the episode, but y'all are going to do all that to protect this white man, and what are you doing to protect our brown, black and brown youth? Where, is the, where are the police cars coming to the neighborhood? Where, where, where's that energy? Mm-hmm. He was okay to be harassing him. We got Trayvon Martin's killer out here running around selling the gun he killed him with. Mm. And y'all going to pick up that whole family? F that family. That's the part that got me of just like the privilege that people don't like to talk about. Like people in other communities either literally died of gun violence, not having altercation, not get into a shoving mm-hmm. match, but died of violence. 
in this same type of opportunities of saying, hey, we're going to, in a sense, help you or forcefully remove you from your home and take you to safety to make sure nothing happens to you. Nothing has, at this point has happened to them. None of their property has been damaged. Mm. Their house hasn't been broken into. Their vehicles haven't been messed up their yard the only thing if i'm not remember if i'm if i remember correctly it was just a few signs that were placed in their yards like black lives matter or this is us or we are here to stay Mm -hmm. um we're people as well just different you know lawn signs to say hey we're human beings um but then law enforcement comes in and say oh we'll protect you we'll save you we'll make sure you're good i wish that same thing as sabrina just mentioned was done to other people to black and brown communities Mm -hmm. because that may change some of the violence that we see. It's easy mm-hmm. for people to say, well, why isn't this happening? Or why does this continue to happen in these communities? Because that's all they know. Because that's the environment that they're in. Because that's what they see law enforcement doing to them. And that's what they see their neighbors doing to them. So this is the world that they live in. And the other thing I, I found myself watching the other day is law enforcement officers, yes, they do kill more than black people. Well, why don't your lovely mass medias who are run by white people show those instances? They continue to terrorize or traumatize black and brown communities or this world that we live in, the saying that this is the only thing that happened. Because I would love to know if they continue to show white individuals getting, I I don't like to see people getting murdered, but if they were to show white individuals getting murdered by police, would that create some form of outrage or some type of voice to saying, well, maybe we do need to figure out what's going on with our police system. Or in this case, Mm. with just people within power or within the military, um, because their power, I guess their authority that they feel like they have is just going too far. But I don't know. It's just it's so many just similar situations that mesh together that you just like, where do I even start? Like, I don't even know how to get out of the cobwebs at time. Yeah, I definitely agree. It has been it's been a lot. And speaking of a lot, I want to go on to this next extremely sad story of a young man who was killed at the hands of police um, at a traffic stop. And I just don't understand. I watched the, um, I watched the video of his parents. uh, um, I think it was good morning America, whatever Robin Roberts is on that one. Um, and just sharing about the experience, how the phone call that the mother received from the son as he's being pulled over, you know, just to see the anguish on parents' face to, and then to be told your son was killed because the cop accidentally used, uh, they were reaching for their taser, but instead used their gun and it was an accident. And this police officer had been on the field for 20 something years. They were an officer that was training another officer. So this isn't a rookie. This isn't a first time person. And obviously the look when I, um, I saw a picture of, I can't even think of the lady's name now. She's a, a black older woman who has done so many things in fighting for our community. I can't think of her name right now because I just, it'd be a lot. So she was holding a picture of a gun, holding the picture of the taser and just showing like, like they obviously don't look alike, but even if you're grabbing for something, the handles aren't even like the same, like they're not even the same with you. They don't feel the same. So I'm thinking, how could this woman who's been doing this job for 20 something years, accidentally, accident, how convenient for this accident to just now take this man's life and... 
And and that's why I'm led to the song. I see these situations and time after time, just be like, what is going on? What is going on? So we just, I want to just say, we're, it seems so cliche, but just the family of Dante Wright, you know, just, I don't know how they, how people just continue after the, after this, like, you know, I just don't know. Especially when you hear about what the warrant was for, like different things are going around. After doing some research, it was, he was smoking pot when he was younger. He got some offenses. He had some restitution to pay. He hadn't paid that off. Cause you know, it's a pandemic and a lot of people mm-hmm. don't have money like that. And so then from there, it was, you don't pay a restitution. They're going to have a warrant out. And I think mm-hmm. it was less than $50. So hmm. you're going to take someone's life. Oh, am I wrong? If I'm wrong. No, no, no. You, you, no, you definitely, you're, you're right. But guess what? Like, and you what? can go look it up and I'll send both of y'all the video, but oh. they sent the notice to the wrong address and you can go yeah. look it up. You can see that the court says mail sent to wrong address. This is on their website, on the court's website. So this is not like EB saw it on social media or on news, but you can go to their website and see that they, as in our government, as in those who are paid to do their job, sit the notice to the wrong address, which is mind boggling to me that you can make a mistake and still say, oh, we're still going to arrest you because you should have known that you had this out, this outstanding notice or this bill. I don't know about you, but I've been to the hospital a few times. I can tell you right now, if Tampa General Health sent my bill or my invoice to the wrong address, there's no way I would know that that's there. Yeah, I know I went, but maybe you're still working it out with my insurance company. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you did not worry about it. Maybe Amen. you told me, hey, somebody came through and said, we're paying all the medical bills for X amount of people under, I don't know. I, that could be some good reparations my student loans, people. Those of you who are listening, if you got people in your community who are, are extra wealthy, tell them you know a, blo- a broke Black man who got some student loans that need to be paid. I'm not really, I won't say I'm broke, but I think I'll well, get I won't one say I'm saying. broke either, but sometimes even if the hospital sent it to the writer desk, the bill will be paid when the bill is paid. It should okay. not cost me my life. life. And that's exactly. it. it. So all the people on the Facebook, that's why I quoted Drake when he was like, F going online. I'm not going back and forth with you guys about, oh, well, he he had a warrant out. Know the details. And a warrant doesn't mean death penalty. Mm-hmm. And honestly, keep that same energy when it comes to you. Mm-hmm. And the mistakes you may or may not make. Because last time I checked, only one perfect person walked this earth. And that was Jesus Christ. And he ascended mm-hmm. into heaven. And yeah. we're not ascending anywhere. Not on this, not on this side of, not on this side of things. You know, we're all going six feet under. So we're all equal, and we yeah. should get the equal treatment. So mm-hmm. I do want to shout out the fact that the cops do get it right so many times. Like they got it right with the man who harassed the young, the young boy in the neighborhood because he was taken into custody, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Right? So thank yes. you guys yeah. for arresting him. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for the man. I was outside of a church parking lot with some friends one time and we were just talking and a cop pulled up and we were all young ladies of color. And honestly, I was like, oh, Lord, what's he going to do now? Let me get out my badge to show, hey, I I go to this church and I work for this church's organization. But he was just there to be like, hey, I just want to come chill with you guys. Just say hello. And he then eventually just started to talk about, hey, I know there's tensions. It was a white cop. And Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? But then he was posturing a little bit too much because he was like, yeah, I listen to this music. And I was like, sir, (laughs) 
No, we like, didn't need all that. Not all black. You know, I listen to country too. You don't. He doesn't know that. But I'm like, okay, you're doing a little bit too much. But he was trying. He was trying. <laughs> I appreciate. I appreciate that they're trying, but they definitely got it wrong in this case. It's the conversation surrounding the aftermath. We want to hold the people who had these um, warrants or whatever accountable, but it's so view that the bigger conversation wants to hold the cop accountable too. We can hold both accountable. We can say this young man didn't pay his restitution and there is a warrant out and he tried to resist. And we can say, and this woman shot him for it. Mm -hmm. Two things can be true and it's not okay. And my thing is, I mean, I've never been to the training of the police school or whatever, but I feel like, aren't there other, like, if the person is not, like, if the person themselves does not have a weapon, if, like, if they're not, like, I don't understand why it has to be escalated to, like, don't you get trained other ways to apprehend people? Like, I, I don't understand why it always turns deadly especially when people are unarmed. I don't, I don't get it. You got to read Blink Girl, Malcolm Gladwell. He goes into this whole thing mm-hmm. about just the conversation surrounding black and brown people. For a lot of people, unfortunately, it is unconscious. That's just, if you look at the media and all these things that mm-hmm. we're violent and we can't be trusted and, you know, we're going to come for you when history will show you who's been violent and can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. And who was cutting babies out of people's stomach and who was mm. beating people and raping people and had them in the fields and working for free. History will show you who was doing that, but that mm. conversation is switched. And so a lot of people have like this internal mm. thing, like, oh, I'm afraid. And they're acting out of fear. And it's not an excuse. It's just, we have to change the conversation. That's why it's so important that we change the characters that we see in television and cartoons for kids and in movies and in the books that we read and all that and show like we aren't like one 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 of us doesn't represent all of us and we're not all violent and evil and poor and uneducated or whatever else the story is last time I checked those characteristics yeah. fall into all nationalities and all races mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that's not the story that's being told I think about a time, um, and I apologize, Kit Backers, if you've heard me tell the story before, but an older white lady, she left her purse at the register. We were at the Piggly Wiggly. That's the grocery store for y'all don't know down south. <laughs> and my dad grabbed it and he went to the parking lot and he was like, hey, miss. And this old lady literally ran from my dad. And my dad, he's an EB. I've never heard him yell. He's on chill vibes 24 seven. He literally said, hey, miss, she was running and she was getting frantic and we were just like wow and he was like you and he eventually was like just like you forgot your purse and did she say thank you nothing no she just wow. snatched it and got in her car but mm. it's like she has this fear not just because she sees black men mm. thinking can't be trusted he's gonna rape me he's gonna kill me he's gonna beat me up girl he was trying to give you a purse my dad was a good one on that day because i would have mm. been like mm, get in the car kids <laughs> <laughs> like you know it's like really really uh yeah yeah mm. so wow. so sometimes they definitely get it right when they get it wrong and it costs a life we do have to dwell in it and it is worth talking about it and don't tell me oh this happens yeah. to other people too yes that is awful but we can also talk about what happened in this case There's yeah and go ahead no nah, definitely and i would say the same thing with that that's one of the most like I guess 
illegitimate excuses or statements a person can say after someone comes to their untimely demise, especially in moments or situations like this. Like when people say, well, do you know that this happens to white people? Da, 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 da. Do you know this happens to Latino? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make it right. So the issue is incompetent mm-hmm. officers. I can't be an incompetent mm-hmm. leader. I can't be an incompetent thought leader. I can't be an incompetent pastor. I can't be an incompetent lawyer. Like any of those things, you would hold that person accountable. Like you have a job to do, like, and hopefully you do your job. And there's a responsibility that comes with it. On the report, when I was watching it, they asked the dad, they told the dad, well, they said the lady was, it made, she made a mistake and, and things like that. And do you accept that? He was like, no, I can't accept that. And we shouldn't accept this, not there. We shouldn't accept any of this behavior because these people have a responsibility. And when you sign on to be a cop, you sign on to the good, the bad, and all of it. And you need to learn how to handle your your job in a way that it was intended because if you don't, the cost or the, the repercussions of the things that you don't do right cost people's lives. Like, Like certain jobs are just that way. Like a doctor, a doctor can't, you know, they make mistakes, but when they make mistakes, it's a life or death mistake. And so the same things with these cops and they, they shouldn't be happening to people in the black or brown community. It shouldn't be happening to anybody. So yes, this does happen all over, but that's why these people need to be held accountable. And this needs to stop because their mistakes, their bad judgment, all the things cost people lives and they're supposed to be protecting and serving the community, not being one of the, the biggest threats to the community. <sighs> Gotta thank our, I have no words. I have no words. What's the next one we got, Sharika? Is there another another thing we diving into? You know what we diving into? <laughs> well, listen, I'm, I'm saying that and I'm getting hype or some might say I'm getting high off of life. <laughs> But I've never hit a joint or anything like that. We're talking about 420 because I was kind of surprised. And I said, you know, hopefully I'm not being fake, but I don't remember this being a thing when I was younger. If it was, I totally forgot about it. I didn't know it either. But there's a whole day, a whole celebration for people who smoke pot. So I'm just curious uh, about Sharika and EB's experiences with pot, not saying... I've been smoking pot. If they did, maybe they'll share it. Maybe they won't. I don't know. I've never done it. I had the fear of God and the fear of Dolly Mae Harrison Borum in my <laughs> bones, and it just wasn't happening for me. But I've been around it so, so very many times. Probably got a contact high. I remember being with my sorority sisters in college. We would do road trips to other universities for like uh, stroll offs and all that kind of thing. And they were getting high in the car. And all I could think was, girl, you really need to get your license because this ain't it. The fear that I had, I was like, if we get pulled over, if anything happens, I'm just sitting there all like worked up. I also felt like the people that I've seen getting high, like they were just sitting there. And I'm like, I'm having more fun than them. So I don't see the point. I sometimes feel the same way with alcohol. Like I don't drink that the people I know who do drink, I'd be getting more lit than them and I'd be remembering what went on. So I'm like, <laughs> I really don't see the point. Like if y'all are just going to sit there and be sleepy and eating, I can do that at 9 p.m. every night. I'm sleepy, <laughs> I'm eating. So those are really my experiences. I do have someone near and dear to me who's like, listen, 
I'm on that right now. I'm with you, Sabrina. I'm not doing it. My job drug tests me, but when I retire, it's on and popping. And I'm like, why? Why? But this person also has experienced smoking cigarettes when they're younger. They probably smoked for like eight years. So they already are in the mindset of not minding putting smoke in their lungs. I don't get it. My body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. I just can't get down with it. But I'm curious. I'm curious about what you guys' thoughts are when it comes to weed. Side note, I do think it should uh, be legalized. You don't have to smoke it. God gave you free will, but just go ahead and legalize it and get my people out of jail. The experience that I have is little to none um, because I've never smoked a day in my life. I've been around people who smoke. Um, I'll go ahead and throw it out there because some people are like, you really? No, I've never smoked. Um, I drunk before, drunk a separate time. I would say probably even drunk a lot of times, middle school, high school, going into early adult years. Not um, the middle. Oh, no. Yeah. So like being a Haitian, is kind of like we got a thing called crema. So it's a, a uh, little delicacy. Okay, so you, you yeah. just have to do it at funerals, at weddings. Like it's not it's not it's it's not uncommon for a six year old, seven year old, eight year old to get a little a little a little shot. Here you go. Like take this, get don't be crying because everybody else crying. Like control yourself, type of thing. So that's within a cultural thing, as some would say. Um, but within the 420, two things that always pops up for me is one, 420 being one of my sister's birthday, actually the oldest of the 13 of us. Um, and she might be listening, but some would probably consider her probably one of the, I would say the most, I won't say the worst ones, because I don't think we got I got worse siblings, but the one that just, you know, was out here. That'd be the easiest way to put put it was in the streets early or whatnot, jumped off the porch at an early age, so to speak. And then the other thing is in middle school and high school, high school even more where people would just skip school if it was a Monday through a Friday on 420 um, because they wanted to go smoke. Um, they wanted to make sure they got hot. So it was just always a good thing for somebody like me who didn't smoke. I was just out here skipping school just to be with the cool kids who decided to skip school. <laughs> so Sharika, your experience, what you, what you got? I got no experience. Okay. The only thing I know about 420, like you, I got an aunt whose birthday is on 420 and my parents' anniversary is on 420. That's what I knew about 420. I did not know nothing about no weed, no this, no that. I didn't know about those things. I couldn't even, I would have been one of those kids walking through somewhere and be like, what's that smell? That smells weird. I wouldn't even know what it was. I did my little sheltered life. I had no idea. Never heard about 420 Child, probably really good and grown, probably not too many years from uh, now that I heard about it recently. I had no idea. I didn't get it. I didn't, I don't know, never smoked, not even a cigarette. Um, so yeah, I, I have, I probably could, you know, if I walked in a place now, probably I figure I could think I could tell what it was, but couldn't tell you for sure. Uh, so I have had little to zero, <laughs> little to none, no experience with any of this. On 420, I'm saying happy birthday, Auntie J. Happy anniversary, mom and dad. Oh, Here's Auntie to another Jay? year. As in Mary J? I'm, I'm kidding. That's <laughs> another uh, we think. EB, Sharika, do you guys feel it should be legalized or not? Definitely. Um, I know people who are in jail for longer sentences than people who commit murders shout out to some of the law enforcement officers who go in for like six months for people who have considered mm -hmm. crazy frauds for people who have done armed robberies for people who have aggravated assaults it's some of those people who walk in the streets day and night um who be chilling out here like nothing has happened i have a cousin 
who was locked up from 2006 and i only remember it was 2006 because it was the fall of my senior year and i remember people telling us like hey like getting off the bus be like eb i think your cousin just got locked up i was like which one because i got a lot of cousins and it was like they said the name or whatnot and i was like why you say that it was like because it was almost like 20 or 30 u.s marshals outside of his house and like u.s marshals that's that pickup is a little different than a local police department or a local sheriff or any of that. So I was like, dang. So call a few other relatives. And then we find out that one cousin snitched on him. Like, so one cousin told on another cousin to make sure he didn't have any charges or that his charges got dropped. And it was funny because at first we thought it was just a rumor and people were just talking. But then on that court date, he definitely pointed out our other cousins. I wasn't there for the court date, but my mom was because my mom was still here. And my one of my older brothers was and some of my cousins were there. Like, he really went the court and pointed him out. And I guess, you know, you do what you do. And I know some people say, no, you shouldn't snitch or no, you should snitch. That's the right thing to do. But it was just wild because it was like all that did was make sure he didn't get in trouble. But he was locked up from 2006 until 2017 for drug possession. Wow. Like it's people who murder people who spend less time than that at times. Absolutely. That, that Yeah, that's insane to me, especially I was sharing uh, with Sharika or maybe you two the other day, the different conversations people have mm. in different communities about weed, right? So in black and brown communities, I hear stories like that. And I've experienced that in my own family, right? And then I'm with, you know, I hear stories of my husband's family, white, and they're cackling. Uh, they're, uh, good friends of his parents had some teenagers with their son and they were caught in a car and they're like, but the cops understand, understood. They were just boys being boys, trying to have a good time. And I just was like trying to fix my face and trying to remain calm because I'm like, you and Doug have this love relationship. You can talk about how this makes you feel with him later on. But it was like being on a fly, a fly on the wall of a different universe. Like mm. the cops treated your sons like just have fun and they'll throw my brother to the ground and chase him around for a blunt. Granted, you can't be you smoking in the cop's face because, you know. But, you know, the thing is, like, it, it's so different and it's so upsetting. So upsetting. Uh, Sharika, would you have it legalized or not? I think so, because people are making, I think there's so many people making money off of it. And um, because of all the charges and all that, I say let the people sell the weed, make the, make the money. And because it's not like a violent drug, it's not like something that causes people to get, like you said, it causes people to relax. It causes people to be sleeping or eating or whatever they be doing. I don't know, but whatever it does, it's not like, you know, people out here drinking and drinking causes more harm and things like that. So I don't see why it shouldn't be legal. And like you said, you govern yourself accordingly. If you don't want to smoke it, don't smoke it. You don't want to drink, don't drink. But if alcohol is legal, I don't see how this is more harmful. If cigarettes are legal, I don't see how this is more harmful than either one of those things. So I say, why not make it legal? And like you said, get the people out of jail for these petty offenses um, when other people who are going free for things that actually deserve time and, you know, more, more longer sentences and things like that. Exactly. I would love for next year, the 420 episode, if we can invite someone who feels very comfortable sharing somebody, someone from a state where it's legal. Uh, I don't want to put anybody's business or we can just disguise their voice. But I am curious from edibles to the smoking of it. 
what is the high? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is that mind state that makes it something that you're like, this is going to be a part of my daily. Like, I'm feeling great. Like, I, I'm curious about that. I feel like I get that with Jesus. Um, but, you know, I'm curious because I also do other things like jump out of planes. I go ziplining because I get a certain high and that adrenaline rush. And I love that. I'm like, does we make you feel like that? Does we make you feel like you're jumping out of plane? I don't know. But I want to interview someone. I think that's a good idea. Also, the thing about it, too, that I will say, there are a lot of positives of medical positives about it not necessarily the high part but the plant itself has good medical properties and so that's another reason why I'm like why what good medical properties are there in cigarettes what good medical properties you know are there well I guess they say alcohol can do something lower your blood pressure I don't know what it does but um that's more bad than I was gonna say I don't know I know people say you know I've heard something about if you drink a glass of wine something happens I don't know but what I'm saying is I do know that there are good medical properties for marijuana the CBD oils and stuff like that helps people with cancer help people with joint issues helps people with a lot of things so no, I know I said have I good won't properties. smoke it but I never said I wouldn't eat it let me find <laughs> out that we could get rid of my cramps you think I'm not going to eat these brownies? And y'all can you get, get your medical card for I'll cramps. Walk, I'll walk right down to HR and be like, here's the card, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all can run that drug test all day long, but this is my medicine. Uh, I, I can't imagine inhaling anything, but mm-hmm. girl, you talk about medical properties, sometimes the way those cramps be hidden, I'll be like, pass the weed, brownie, the gummy, whatever it is. I'll be first in line. And I really would not think twice about it. Not at all. Because of those things you said, it's not a violent thing. You know, it it has healing properties. Yeah. I will say for that, definitely. I I think it should be legalized. I should have made my song. Do y'all remember that song? I was going to go to work. But then I got high. I was going to take my blank to church. Um, That's the part that really got me. I was like, really? Shout out to Afro man. Oh, I need to, I might uh, tag that at the end of the, at the end of the podcast. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. Do you guys want to know the history of 420? Of course. Because sure, I don't okay, know where it came from. Uh, we're not doing Mindful Matters today just because I was really curious about this. So I had the time, I had the energy. Thanks to EB2. He shot me some links so I could learn about the history of 420 and why it's even a thing. We're going back in the day. For 420. Many don't know the origins of this holiday, but vague recollections of once heard tells about it circulate, right? Some believe it's the number of active chemicals in marijuana, others that is based in tea time in Holland. Some reference the birthday of Adolf Hitler, which is April 20th, 1889, and other Bob Dylan's legendary Everybody Must Get Stone song, which is a refrain from his hit. Rainy day women number 12 and 35 because 12 multiplied by 35 does equal 420. That's a little bit of a mental gymnastics for me. I don't mm-hmm. think he was doing all that, but maybe he was. In reality, though, it can all be traced back to a group of five California teens. Shout out to the West Coast. He used to hang out by a wall outside their school. In the fall of 1971, they heard about a Coast Guard member who had planted a cannabis plant and could no longer tend the crop. They had this treasure map supposedly leading to the abandoned product. So the group would meet at a statue outside their high school at least once a week to conduct a search. Their meeting time. What was it, guys? 
for 20 p.m. They would pile into the car, smoke some pot, and then they would go searching in the nearby forest for this like elusive free weed plant world or whatever, right? So how did the phrase go from high school hallways to an international secret phrase? For that, we turned to the band, The Grateful Dead. The kids had connections to the band and they'd always be backstage running around or on stage even. And of course they were using the phrase 420. So it started to spread through that community to the point where a reporter for High Times was wandering through the congregation of hippies that would gather before concerts and a fan handed him a flyer that said, we are going to meet at 420 on 420 for 420ing in Marion County. The flyer told the history of 420 and once the high times latched onto the story, this magazine helped launch the word globally. While many other illicit tales of the origins of 420 have wafted into the half-baked history of books, those five young men have proved they used the word back in the 70s. It's kept safely tucked away in a vault in San Francisco where there's a bank and that has their original 420 tie-dye flyer and a flag, a newspaper clipping where one of the members discusses wanting to just say 420 for his high school graduation speech, and postmark letters between the group filled with 420 references. There it goes, guys. It started with young people. Once again, First Timothy, isn't it First Timothy 412? Don't let anybody look down on you because you're young, because you can get the whole world smoking pot on a special day just because of you. Evie, what you expounding on? We're not, and we're not here to promote anything. We're just here to give information. And <laughs> we said we don't do it, so don't don't listen to this information and take that away and try to blame it on us because we said we don't do it. Go ahead. <laughs> you can do with that information what you wish. Amen. It's a lot of things to try to expound on, but so much has happened that it's hard for me to get to a place. One where I feel comfortable fully articulating just one situation. So I'm going to give each of you a few nuggets to dive into. And hopefully by next week when we record or the following week, I have one of those stories in more detail. One is on March 29th in Chicago, a 13-year-old kid by the name of Adam Toledo was shot and killed by law enforcement officers. The video just came out at the time of us recording this Thursday, April the 15th. Some say that the young man had a gun on him and he tossed it behind a fence. But if you pay close attention and you watch the video, I just know when he got shot, both of his hands were up. Mm. Nothing was in his hand. That's all I know. Now, I know some people will say, well, they found the gun on the other side of the fence. I don't know about you, but people die in Chicago every day. I don't know about you, but it's a lot of crooked cops in this world. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but even if he did, I know you wouldn't want him to pull the gun out and put it down for you. Because from the time the officer stepped out of his vehicle to the time he fired that one fatal shot to the chest, 19 seconds has elapsed. I don't know about you, but I would never feel a threat towards my life with someone running away from me. Mm. You're pursuing a person. They stop, throw their hands up, and they get shot. When I see that, I think of young people that I have to work with because of my job and within my church, young kids who come to our summer camp. I think about my nieces and nephews. 
and I think of how a child, literally a child, one, three, 13, life was taken away. And that just blows me away time and time again. Something else that recently happened at a FedEx facility in Indianapolis, a gunman, I believe killed either seven people or eight people. And of course, supposedly or allegedly killed themselves as well. Where mass shooting is still continuing to happen in our world. And people are saying that there should be no need for gun laws, which still baffles me. I'm not saying take the guns. As I've said on this podcast before, I'm a gun owner. I got a license to carry, so I'm not going to say that. But I do say that it seems to be a lot of careless folks mm-hmm. who do have firearms, who go, who do go into places and shoot and kill people. And that just baffles me. We would never get to a place where we say, hey, you know what our state should do? Lift up all, all the speed limit signs on inter- interstate highways. Why? Because that would just result in some form of a, I would say, a danger or a disaster for many people. I actually just saw a video from a person getting pulled over from a state trooper for going five miles below the speed limit. He was going 65. Speed limit was 70. The officer told him that, do you not think it's suspicious that you're going five miles below? I'm not even going to tell you what the race of the cop was or the race or the ethnicity of what the driver was, but I'll just leave it to your imagination to guess who or why would something like this happen. Then questions the guy, is this your vehicle? Looks like a rental vehicle. It is a rental vehicle. When are you taking it back? Whenever I feel like taking it back. Well, don't you have a deadline or something? They might have one, but I get to do what I want because I I got the money to pay for it. And you just sit here and see these situations time and time again, and you wonder why people like me or people of color or black people or minorities feel this sense of frustration or anger or trauma or haunting of law enforcement officers or even vigilantes or people of power or terrorists who are clothed in a uniform. Like I still have moments where I'm riding and I see a police could be going on the opposite side of traffic where my body just naturally tense up. And I say, I'm hoping this person's not going to make a U-turn mm. or a cop gets behind me. And some days I'm like, I'm happy. I am in what I would consider my work vehicle or my organization's vehicle. Cause when they run this tag, they might let me slide, but I still tense up where my body is tight. I'm like, was I, all the things go through my head. Was I speeding? Did I not use my turn signal? Am I doing something wrong? Is a light in the back out? Like, am I okay? Do I have anything in this vehicle? Even though a lot of times I know I don't. I remember times pulling out of my, what I would say my parents' house, but my old house where I grew up at, and I get pulled over right at the stop sign, no more than 30 feet away, where a law enforcement officer says, hey, what were you doing there? What was I doing where? At that house. That's my house. Well, this address on this this tag pulls up for somewhere else, just when I was still living in Port Charlotte. And I was like, yeah, but that's my house. And I had to go through a long explanation, maybe five to 10 minutes of saying, that's my daddy's house and I used to stay there. Then he looks at me and saying, well, well, next time you should tell me, you should start off with that's your dad's house. Well, my daddy's house is my house. And then he goes on to tell me that people sell drugs at his house. Have you ever arrested anybody for drugs here? No, you have not. So you know what that tells me? You're not gonna get me, bro. Just because people like to hang out at my daddy's crib, just because people come in and out, just because we're family oriented like that, 
you can assume what you want. Now, I can throw it out there. Yeah, stuff be happening, but nobody ever got caught. And I'm saying stuff as it because I got brothers and cousins that that's how they live their life. And that's how they make a living. Why? Because they're convicted felons and they can't go get a job nowhere else because nowhere else will hire them. Amen. But Talk about it. That's just just uh, just a few different things that are happening in our world or that happens daily. And it's hard for people to have these conversations with people who don't try to understand. Um, I, two things, and I'll wrap up with this. One is a guy by the name of Shannon Sharp. Some of you may know him, mm-hmm. former NFL football player, also now host of a show on Fox Sports called First Take. And he articulated something way better than I could. And it was so simple. And it probably only was 30 or 40 seconds. But he said, if you know Black people or something along the line, or if you have Black people in your life, and you can't empathize with the plight of what Black people are dealing with, then you do not have Black friends. You know Black people. Mm. If you can't understand what people are going through, if you can't say, I feel you, if you can't say, I'm hurting with you or I'm with you, then I will tell you that you you just know Black people, bro. You don't, you don't got Black friends because there's no way, you, well, at least I wouldn't call you my friend if you can't understand And then the second thing I'll close out with, I'm thankful for where I do work. And I'm saying that because yesterday, the big boss or the big supervisor, whatever you want to call him, because y'all know I don't really be using the word boss like that. But the person who called all the shots, the person who got the final six, so the person who got the highest seat, what some would consider the top dog in whatever word you want to rephrase it. I got a text yesterday. First, I got a text from, um, she's not my secretary, but she's a secretary within our department. I would say a coworker and say, hey, this person came in and said they want to talk to you. And I was like, oh, snap. Then she said, another one said, hey, he stopped back and said, you know, just a few minutes later and said, um, he wanted to know if you're still here. I was like, yes, I am. Then he ended up texting me and said, hey, when you get a chance, come to my office. And I was like, oh, man, what did I do now? I got to go to the principal office. <laughs> and when you go to the principal office, it's usually not a good thing. Usually not, unless you initiate the conversation with the principal. But this time when he initiated the conversation, I'm not going to necessarily say I was blown away because we do have a lot of text conversations or stand-up conversations, typically more times than my office. But he came in, told me to sit down. He shut the door, and I was still a little shaky and nervous. And he just said, I see some of the stuff that's going on in the world. I see a case look like it's wrapping up. I see the stuff that just happened to this young kid. I see the stuff that happened to this um, Army man in Virginia. How are you feeling? Is this affecting like is well he say or I think he worded it more so of like I'm sure this is affecting you, but what could I actually do to help? I've been praying, my wife and I have been praying, but I, I'm really I'm kind of stuck at what to do. And I don't know. And I was like, to be honest with you, that's enough mm. to know that you are understanding. I say it would also be great if you found a way to connect with other people within our church, within our organization. And have them to have the same conversations with their peoples because sometimes people don't feel like not only are they not heard but they literally feel alone and it's a different god tells us to go in solitude we have moments of solitude but god doesn't tell us to live in isolation and in moments like this i feel like people of color or minorities feel like they're living in isolation and most times even with their own church mm-hmm. and that's just disheartening at times so I can tell you by you calling me in, you've done enough. That's enough for me. And I appreciate it. But it's so much more a person could say, it's so much more a person could do. 
But, you know, we're going to wrap up a little bit. And that's my expounding for today. Just look at the crazy things going on in the world and pray about it and talk to your people about it. Thanks for articulating so well mm-hmm. the heart behind what our community may be going through, you know? Yeah. I know I just said we don't all represent one another, but I will say the three of us can definitely speak to what you just said. I think it represents the heart of the, the kid that for sure. Mm-hmm. So, and shout out to the big boss. Okay. Okay. Love to see it. I appreciate it. Sharika, what are you recommending today? I am recommending. Now this one, this is a, I'm going to give you two options because I know we still in COVID. And so, you know, this is COVID times. And if you might not be vaccinated or you might not be comfortable, but um, I recommend that you starting with kind of what Evie said, reach out to a friend, see how they're doing. These are perilous times. These are trying times. These are difficult times and make them, make an uh, effort to connect with one another. I'll put my friend on the spot. My friend Sabrina knew I was having a rough day yesterday. And she said, you know what, friend, I'm going to invite you over and we're going to have a good time just because I know you're going down in the dumps. You got a lot going on. You're not feeling that well. And I want to just, let's just have a good time together. So if you feel comfortable enough, invite a friend over that you know is struggling or having a difficult time. But if you're not, if you're not feeling comfortable with the COVID times and you see someone going through something, do a Zoom date. There's so many fun ways to connect with each other online that can still be uplifting. I was sharing with them, I shared with you guys on the kickback um, several months ago about the app house party. And there's little games on there now. I don't think there was games back then, but there's games on there now. So if you want to connect virtually, download that app again and just have fun with each other, but make a way to connect with one another if not in person, if you don't feel comfortable online, but just a way to have fun. And and because there's so much going on within this world. And sometimes you just need to get together with somebody, have a few laughs and just not focus on the negative, but just focus on connection with human beings and uplifting each other and supporting each other. So I want to recommend you connect with somebody, reach out to somebody, encourage somebody today. Thank you, Sharika. And I'm excited for us to have a good time. Yes. <laughs> I am recommending my chart by Epic. I am suggesting you guys join over 100 million patients who manage their healthcare with the My Chart app. Okay. Here you can see your medications, test results upcoming appointments, medical bills, price estimates, and more all in one place, even if you've been seen at multiple health organizations, right? I love it. I use it all the time. You just download the app on your phone. I used to use it on my computer, but I discovered they have an app on my phone. And then you can just look up what a health organization you're with and you can pull it up and it just locks in all your information. It even allows you to like share your medical record with anybody who needs it, right? Most of your healthcare providers can already get the information they need, but if they can't, you have the power to share it right on the spot. It also allows you to quickly schedule appointments and find care from your home or from your nearest emergency room, whatever, whenever you need it. I really love this 
at, it's around that time of year when people are forgetting about their New Year's resolutions and all that kind of things. If they haven't seen the doctor in three years, they just are like, ah, it's fine. No, it's not fine. Down like, download my chart, stay up on your appointments and stay healthy, my friends. Evie, what you got? Mm, that's a good one. That is a good one. I definitely... I definitely use it. And it's been interesting, as you mentioned in my chart, and it like spans over time and it has everything to look at stuff from literally almost a decade or so ago in Port Charlotte um, that was there. And I've probably been using it for like five or six years because you can, as she said, you can do everything on there. Like I schedule most of my appointments on there because sometimes you call in and your doctor's office not picking up. Um, So it's always good Mm -hmm. for that. And for those of you who do have insurance, um, my chart can definitely help you if you're already in a system with some. But if you have insurance, find out if your insurance has an app, right, where you can find your care providers. That's not really what I'm recommending, but I just kind of like explored this. Well, I've been new about it, but I shared this with my wife of like, there's an app for you to find like healthcare providers. And then what it does is you can have, like you can filter it. Like I'm looking for somebody who looks like me. I'm looking for somebody who's the same gender as me. I'm looking for somebody who has 10 or 15 more years experience and not just one to five. Or I want somebody who just came out of medical school because they probably gonna have the latest stuff and not through their own experience of trial and error and they messing my body up. I don't know. So you can do a lot of stuff um, with that. So what I am, uh, yesterday, a person shared with me that they believe, and the person I was talking about earlier, they were like, Hey, I see a lot of great qualities in you, but if there is one of the few things I would say is that you're a thought leader, um, that when you share your thoughts, people find a way to listen and people gravitate towards you. And um, you are basically an agent of change within this generation. Um, so one of the things that I found out about being a thought leader is that they have a counter narrative, I guess, perspective or opinions. Um, they have personal narrative, they have data storytelling, and then they have network connections and then something else. So I went down a rabbit hole trying to figure out what would I recommend for the squad today. So I'm going to ask a question before I recommend it. When you think about the secret service, what comes to mind? Maybe like one or two things. The secret service. Here comes men in black. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, that's mainly what I think about. And I think about like Cool suits. Okay. <laughs> the first things that come to mind, Sharika. I think about protection and and like the president's like bodyguards. Definitely, definitely. So I'm gonna name four people and tell me what they have in common. And it should be easy, but sometimes our listeners don't be on it like that. George H. W. Bush, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama. What do they have in common? They're all former presidents. And they all have white moms. Dang, that's a good one. And now that you say that, I got something else to add to this. That was good. Yes, indeed. I love it. They all got white moms. They all former presidents. Um, Well, I got something else for for you guys. A lady by the name of Evie Pomperis. And it's E-V-Y for her first name, her last name, P-O-U-M-P-O-U-R-A-S. Adele wrote a book last year, and she was she is a former Secret Service for all of those four presidents. And she wrote a book entitled Becoming Bulletproof. But it has four main things that it talks about. Protect yourself, because in protecting yourself, you naturally will protect other people. Hopefully, you're not out here being selfish. And I know Sharika alluded to protection. You get a chance to read people influence situations, Mm -hmm. and live fearlessly. 
So becoming um, bulletproof is, I would say, a short read because as I looked through it or skimmed through the book briefly, it's around 300 or so pages. But I was like, I've never had a conversation with somebody who served in the Secret Service or in the CIA or any of those high intel intelligent roles. So I'm not going to read it, but I'm definitely going to listen to it because you already know me. I'm an audible person. Mm -hmm. And something else that I would recommend for some of our listeners, I know some of y'all might be like, oh man, I really want to listen to this on my commute, or I really want to dive into this, but I got a meeting and it, the, try it out where you put it at maybe one and one quarter speed or one and one and a half speed. And I can tell you not for all podcasts, but not for all audiobooks, but for people who sometimes have a, I guess, a more paced speech like me, it wouldn't even seem like that. Now, granted, that depends on your listening skill. Mm. But like I was, I just got done, officially got done with um, Barack Obama's book and um, I can tell you that I listened to it at one and a half speed and I felt like I retained the information. And it was literally like a podcast with this book where I'm probably going to do one or two chapters, parts that I highlighted where I like I need to go back to that. But I would say check that book mm. out, Becoming um, Bulletproof. And the part that really took me is influencing situations. I have a role within my job and within my family where I can influence a lot of situations at times. And I'm like, this person might be able to help me do this. Um, I think. She done been in more situations that's more, I guess, serious than mine's. Um, just thinking of being around four presidents where you don't know what's happening and the way that they have to plan and protect like small venues or when you have pop up meetings where it's like, hey, I want to go there. Like I watch a few of like documentaries from former presidents and they're like, no, I want to go to the local park. And how quick they have to scramble to try to shut down perimeters and i'm not mm. saying like shut down streets because they do it naturally but like they got to be like you go there you go there you go in that building you do this and so her being in that space i'm like i want to read that especially because we're still living in COVID and we still making an impact on young adults and i'm still getting emails saying hey can you come visit hey can you come preach hey can you come check it and i'm like okay so how do i influence situations where like i, I don't know this is the right time or the right thing but mm -hmm. i'll be there and yeah so that is what I'm recommending for y'all. And I hope you enjoy it. And she's a woman, secret service person. I never yeah. really thought about a lot of women doing secret service work. So that's cool too. Me yeah. either, Sharika. I'm, I'm definitely trash. So I'm over here talking about a movie and she out here living fearlessly. <laughs> <laughs> As always, people, if y'all got topics, if y'all got stuff, because I know sometimes you might have local news that you'd be like, I feel like this should be a mainstream story or this should be a big story. Or I would love to know what Sabrina, Sharika, and EB think about this. Then you can send it to us because I'm going to be real, child. Y'all don't be showing that much love on the DMs. Like, it'd be the or DMs any of the socials. Like, y'all hit a like here and there. Um, and we know mm -hmm. y'all be listening because we see the views. So we know y'all locked in. Um, but, you know, as you are in about and you see different things, you can shoot one of us a text if you don't feel like sending it to the DMs of the page. You can comment. You can even share it with your people. Shout out to y'all who do be doing that, sharing it with other people. Because sometimes I get random texts of like, hey, I heard this on your podcast. I want to know more. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, I will <laughs> say one more thing. Um, I'm going to recommend it because I was supposed to recommend it last week. I wasn't supposed to do anything. I told myself I was going to recommend it, but I'm going to recommend it today because by the time y'all hear this, it might be some interesting stuff happening. Now, this message in this moment is only for people who are part of the organization that us three are part of. This is something that is very, very important. <laughs> Our friends in Washington, D.C. area or in Alexandria, Virginia, they have a podcast called The Battle Line Podcast. Shout out to Matt and Jamie Shatterly. Y'all can go check them out. But the episode 12, it is talking with two of my favorite, favorite people, 
Kerna Ken and Paula Johnson about appointments and moves in our lovely church organization. So I'm definitely going to listen to that today. Um, but for those of you who are out and about and you are just like, how did this move happen this weekend? I can tell you that they have a brief conversation of how some of the moves happen. So check out the Battle Line podcast. I think you'll love it. Um, I think you'll enjoy it because you got Matt, who's just a fool, and you got Jamie, who be trying to be serious on that. Um, and it's just a nice little mesh of two individuals. But just check out the appointments and moves one. The episode just dropped. I'm excited to check it out. As always, if you're down with the squad, share it with your people. Subscribe to the pod. Tell them to subscribe to the pod. And last but not least, because some of y'all don't be listening all the way through, and some of y'all do, because some of y'all didn't even know we give our prizes. So I'm going to say this. If you can tell us one interesting fact from the Battle Line podcast, the first person who sends us a message on Instagram, because I don't be on Twitter like that. I do be on it, but I don't be checking out Twitter like that. The first person who responds the message on Instagram of what you took away from the Battle Line podcast appointments episode, you'll get a $10 gift card to Starbucks or Chick-fil-A, whichever one of yours choosing. If you don't do Starbucks or Chick-fil-A, I don't know what to tell you, because that's what I got and that's what I'm giving. You better find somebody else you can give it to. So, I so love it. If you're down with the squad, make sure you subscribe. And as always, if life tries to kick you down, or if life tries to shoot you, oh, if Jesus. life tries to pull you over, or if life tries to pick you up and slam you on your head, or if life tries to spray you with pepper spray, if life tries to do anything, Make sure you kick back. Until next time. I was gonna go to court before I got This is America.